Front Porch Radio presents Circle Unbroken with Taft Ayers. I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that hers come rolling for to carry my mother away Will the circle be Will the circle be unbroken brought to you by those sweet you know what sweet delicious tunes of Johnny Cash man I I hear Johnny Cash sing almost anything and I think you know what I need to uh I need to man up his voice his voice inspires me um he sings songs in a different way that song on this podcast coach as we've talked about you know our dreams for the future but you know, it, it has been a fun time for me hearing, you know, hearing the song start, hearing the piano go and say, it's Circle Unbroken time. I'm Taft Ayers, welcomed in by producer Coach Mike. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, as usual. <laughs> fantastic. The moniker. I, I had a thought earlier as we were talking. I'd I, I like to I like to float a new name out for you, Coach. Uh-oh. Um, you know, we're in the... Radio, podcast, um, broadcasting world and space. And it's dangerous when somebody comes in and um, doesn't realize that a microphone is on. And what do they call it? A hot mic. Hot mic. And guys, I think y'all know how to spell that. You know that's not M-I-K-E. But what? I don't know. Hot mic. We're, jo- we're joined today by Hot Mic. Uh, I think that could be fun. Um, I want to I want to tell your family that you're known as Hot Mike. Oh, <laughs> there's some there's some implications we, to that title that could be yes. a little bit could be yeah. a little bit stressed. There. It just hit me. It hit me. And I thought, you know what? Everybody needs a, a fun. We all have nicknames, but fun new nicknames from time to time. Just. Uh, Pun intended. Spice it up a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, how about this? Welcome to Circle and Broken. This is your host, Taft Ayers, joined in by Hot Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody sees a picture of me and they realize "hot" isn't quite the word you'd use for me. <laughs> hot Mike. I don't know. We'll 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 uh, we'll try we'll test group that. Try it out. Maybe you should start at your church. Oh uh, yeah, thank this, you. <laughs> we've got some we've got some announcements this week. Uh, up to tell you about the fill in the blank hot. Yeah, you're gonna make me walk down front, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get this man's soul uh, soul cleansed with a restoration and a a little uh, invitation song because hot Mike is <laughs> hot Mike's been on the streets. <laughs> we are ooh. I, I well, what a start! <laughs> I can I can digress quickly. If we're not having fun, we're not doing it right. <laughs> That's uh that's that's what I think. I'll I'll revert back. That that's what I think, Coach Mike. Okay. Um that is what I think. Now I may drop hot mic later on in the in the episode because Oh, it's too late now. You've already it's already gone out, boy. We'll get that t shirt too. Hot mic. Fantastic. Um we're we're gonna have it all done by the time it's uh all over with. I am back uh in the saddle. I was gone. The past, you know, uh, handful of days, uh, it was weird because we were gone on a we we left at four a.m. on a Thursday morning, 
and got back late on a Monday night. And so I wasn't gone a week. I was gone these weird like bookends, you know, basically a extended weekend. Um, so everybody's like, did you enjoy your week in Washington? And I'd be like, man, I wasn't there that long. And then when I would look back, I'd go, well, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. that's a long trip, you know, if you, if you look at the way it's wedged. But I was able to go um, to Washington, D.C., and I, I had plans to talk about it today because um, something happened uh, to me when, when I made the decision. We've got four kids in our family, and I never know. I mean, I never know if I'm coming or going. My wife will tell me, hey, you, I need you to be at this, or would you like to go to that? And so when Washington came around uh, for that trip, I knew it was an eighth-grade trip. Uh, my oldest son um, is in eighth grade, and that's a trip that his local school has been taking forever um, there to D.C., and I think it's like a rite of passage. If you've behaved uh, enough, you get to go to D.C. in between eighth and ninth grade. And you'll laugh about this, Coach. We were um, One of the last things we were doing is we were going by uh, getting ready to go into the Capitol yesterday. And as we were getting ready to go into the Capitol, I, I couldn't stop thinking about the events that happened right there. Um, and, and I had all these thoughts about how, how did they storm it? Um, what, is, what does a you know, passing of power look like? Thoughts to the left and to the right. And then all security we had to go through to get in. I was like, how would you storm this? Uh, and I, had, I had like all these different thoughts. And as I was having those thoughts, and this is what I'm going to talk about today because, man, I was in my, in my head all week in Washington. Um, but as I was going in there, this man comes by on a golf cart, and he's got obvious guests with him or people that were important. And he was he was coming by us pretty quickly. And as, as he came by, he he turned the corner and came up and kind of did the the honk honk get out of the way, knowing that we needed to move over. And again, there were 120 of us, and so we were we were loaded. And again, eighth grade class. And I hear him say to his guest on the back, he said, he said it just like this: "Must be spring break." Eighth graders, <laughs> and and he said it like because there, there were there were eighth graders everywhere, um, not just from our school, and it was funny because it was the way you and I would talk about, hey, when you're going down Albert Matthews, it's deer season, you know, like yeah. like it was just that that feeling of beware of the eighth grade. Here we go again, yeah, <laughs> and we could probably do a whole uh, a whole series on that, you know, eighth grade tales. Um, and so I'm, I'm there. It's, uh, like I said, it was real popular trip. Um, the eighth graders everywhere, uh, here living in Tennessee and going to DC for a week, I saw a lot more and this will, it'll be interesting to see how this ages, uh, over the years, but I saw a lot more masks than I've seen. Um, that there were masks everywhere. Uh, if you, if you had a job that was public, interfacing like one one to many um those people were undoubtedly masked up um from from baseball game to capitol buildings yeah to me it was an interesting dynamic and i said back when this pandemic all started i said you know it's amazing now you know used to you'd walk into a bank or some kind of place with a mask on and you would get the attention of everybody yes Yes. Some of the people you didn't want their attention, but right. you were now you can't walk in without putting a mask Correct. on, Correct. <laughs> or at least, you know, it used to be for a while, you know, and I said, you know, the, I'm sitting there thinking just in the back of my head, man, the crooks are going to have a field day. Correct. Everybody has yes. masks on. Yeah. All, all over the joint. And then if somebody wants to call you out on it, you, you can say, well, I take my health seriously. Yeah. Uh, give me know. all your money. <laughs> 
you know, they used to, uh, of course, you know, banks still do it. You know, right. You take your sunglasses off. Yep. We want to see your eyes. Well, right. that's about all you were going to see yeah. for a long time. That's and, the scam. Well, and that, that, that's why they're doing the eye scans yeah. now. I mean, right. <laughs> show, but, show uh, me something. Yeah. <laughs> something I can identify <laughs> right. you with. Mm. But, but yeah, that's, it, it's an, it's interesting that the, how the pandemic has changed the dynamic Oh yeah. Of of attire in a sense. Yes. And now wearing a mask anywhere is it's just it's just like wearing a hat somewhere. Right. Wearing you know, wearing your shirt or a coat somewhere. Right. It, it, you, know, you can or you know, if you want to, you want to, and if you don't, you you know yeah. we we kinda got to the point now where you don't have to, but it's still uh you know we would it's it's a changed dynamic. Uh, a mask used to make you suspicious. Right. Right. Now it doesn't we we would see all of these signs that would say um, we it's strongly recommended and and all these things and and again I'm not going to knock what somebody thinks that they need to do. However, in in a pressure cooker like Washington D.C., when I would see you, when I would see the person masked up, I would I would have these thoughts that would go through my head of, oh, we're not the same. Like that that, that that's what I would think, and it's not fair um, because especially in D.C. They're probably just doing their job here. Here in Tennessee, if I see somebody messed up, uh, I'll probably think immediately, like, "Well, we're not the same." Uh, not not because I don't wear a mask and they do, um, but because I will have these thoughts that go through my head. But I'll have them go through my head politically before they go through my head medically, and that's that's not fair to the person yeah. that really needs one. You know? Oh, it used to the mask was was reserved for those people who were having. Um, you know, respiratory issues. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just a, a, a general thing. And you see somebody with a mask, you almost kind of had that sympathetic feeling because, man, they must right. be, they must be having a rough time. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a mask every, you know, where, wherever they go. Uh, and again, the, the pandemic has changed that right. dynamic uh, right. to where some people choose, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want to risk the exposure. Now, Again, whether or not it actually protects you that well or not, if it makes you feel better, you know, sure, go for it. Sure. Oh, and we were in the sixth largest cathedral. Um, I, I just remember that yes, yesterday. And when we were in it, one of the boys that, that was in our tour group, um, he was doing some stuff on his phone, and, and that wasn't against the rules because it was beautiful, and you were allowed to take a picture or do whatever. But he was like tapping hard on his phone, like he was doing something. And so I, I, I looked over and I said, "Hey, man," I said, uh, "This area right here is where a lot of people are praying and, and doing some stuff." I said, "So we, we should get off our phone when we walk down this aisle because you know I, I don't know if you'll jam the line, I don't know if you'll say something out loud or or what. We just need to put them up while we walk past these people." And I see he said something to me where he was clearly not hiding the phone from me. It wasn't like he was doing something super shady. And I said, what, what did you, what is that? And I, cause I saw him typing in a lady's name and he was typing in the lady's name from the tag of our tour guide. And she had her first and mm-hmm. last name on. I said, why are you doing that? And he said, so I can see what she really looks like because she, she had the mask on. And he was trying – he was dying to know what was underneath the mask. You know, I don't know if he was doing like a uh, Mrs. Robinson, Stacy's mom kind of thing. But he was, he was looking over there because he wanted to know what this lady looked like. He wanted to see behind the mask. Again, that's a dynamic I don't think we would have ever thought about. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But this – okay, this eighth-grade boy <laughs> – <laughs> for for lack of better terms, this eighth grade boy uh, needed to know, 
you know, and so he was looking up on the phone. And, and you know what's sad about our culture today and technology? Oh, he knew everything about her in just a few minutes. Yeah. Um, again, that is another topic probably. Uh, I was going to say, other than Big Brother is watching. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, one, 100%. And um, I've got this, this huge intro today, conversation style here, to, to say I was in Washington. Um, I noticed things. And then the, the whole idea of the trip, for me, all of a sudden – after we got there, you know, I, I work here. There's a, there's a morning show here that, that likes to be electric, um, likes to talk about left and right. I mean, just phrases it. Hey, this is this person. This is this person. There's even, there's even language that we use here for good radio, um, about, uh, oh, if there's two people of this, uh, Republican side, or there's two people from this Democrat side, it's going to be fun, you know, this week. Uh, it's good radio. It's what do we say? Wacky Wednesday. Um, all the different things that we use to drive to opposing sides. And also, I mean, we even have a, a, a promo for it um, that, that talks about this idiot on this side. You know, just fun stuff. And I don't think that's intrinsically wrong. Um, I'm, not, I'm not here on my show to talk about another show with, with our affiliation here and say it's bad. Uh, there is uh, an intro that says both, both sides have been given the rules, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like, let's get it on or let's get ready to rumble or whatever it is. And it's an understanding. Yes. You yes. step into that arena. And, yes. and, and and they do it willingly. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, nobody, of course. You know, nobody's uh, coerced into that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you, you go in knowing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you're walking down the street. You don't expect somebody to come up and just punch you in the face. Right. But you put on gloves and you step inside a boxing ring. Mm-hmm. It's the norm mm-hmm. that you're going to get hit in the yes. face somewhere. Yes. And, you know, so you, you know that going in. And with media, you can choose to be around it. Uh, you can choose to, in our sense here, you can choose to turn in, uh, to tune in. Excuse me, uh, on television uh, or, or streaming or anything broadcasting. You can you can choose to view it, to play it. Uh, you can choose not to. But I think everybody would agree, no matter if you if you're choosing to, uh, or if you're in a conversation, it can take your adrenaline up. And it can drive your adrenaline up. Sometimes you can get involved, even if you don't want to. Uh, I know when you're producing that show, uh, there can be times when you're like, "I gotta say something," or "I'm not saying anything today." You I know, ain't staying out of this yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, 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 different, different feelings. And it will, it'll like anything politically, anything politically in life can can drive your adrenaline. I mean, you're, you're just up, and then there can be this crash where I know with the last election, uh, my wife was all into it. Um, had to know X, Y, and Z, was just very interested and prayerful. And then there was this crash. And, and it wasn't a crash because the results didn't go the way she wanted to or she thought there was nefarious stuff. None of that. It was for her when it ended, when there was this sense of finality or, or this, okay, what happens next? Or what will the next four years look like? Or did, did so-and-so waste an effort? Is so-and-so going to be a good leader? You know, all the different thoughts that you have that swim around. And then there's just this this physical feeling well, afterwards of, oh. Yeah, well, coaches and athletes experience this sure. a lot. You know, sure. you get this big buildup, this big adrenaline rush. You get into the game, and finally you get to the game. 
And again, the the excitement of the game, the the intensity of the game, mm-hmm. and it's there's this build, this build up, this build up, this build up, and all of a sudden the game ends. Right, right. And then you know, for some, it's the season ends. Yes, yes. And there's not another game to get ready for. And all of a sudden, you can't keep that adrenaline high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a come down. Right. You know, and, and yeah, and, and there's a. Uh, it, it sometimes it can be kind of tough. Uh, it's necessary. You got to be able to reset, you right? Can't keep that intensity for forever. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, there's there's a definite, uh, like I said, a come down or a definite e- easement of the of the tension and stuff. Even if it's an excitement, right? You know, an exciting tension. You know, well, and win, lose, or draw. That 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 same uh, that that same slope mm-hmm. happens to to people that get involved in intense circumstances and and i had a i think i had a nervousness uh or maybe just a apprehension and i know those could be used in the same ways a lot of times but i think i had this feeling of i'm around it um it's here that that was my point i hear it here at the studio um i even i even tuned in when i was gone you know to say what what's happening on, on that show because there, there's a, a magnetism to it but I think I was afraid that when I went to Washington, I was going to look at things from a, a, a right perspective, a conservative perspective, and then I, th- I thought that I would be challenged uh, at certain times to look at things from from the left. Uh, one of our tour guides um, is a guy who, when I describe him, uh, and he and I talked about this, he is politically probably more to the left than me. Um, religiously, I'm probably a little bit more to the left than him. Uh, and so we were talking um, about this, and we were talking about the way that you look at history, you look at what's what's happening. And I was very interested, okay, what is my way to approach Washington? And this is what we wanted to use for our, our first session here before we go to break. How do I approach Washington, a place that is historical, a place that is beautiful, a place, man, that if you really jump into it, you can say we are standing on the shoulders of giants uh, with what our forefathers did, with how they built this country. How can we go back and how can we go back to move forward with a sense of unity? Because I, I saw these people in masks. I saw these people that uh, the, the ratio of homosexuals that I saw in Washington D.C. that I see here in Middle Tennessee, you know, in my face, just a little bit, a little bit different. Then I would turn around and see people with their "Let's Go Brandon" hats, you know, and it was it was a flood there, more so than I see here at home, living in the state that I live in. And so I had this great question of how do I find myself with all these missiles, you know, left. Right, agendas, boycott, stand up, protest. How do I cut through all of that mess to look at the beautiful things in life that can unite us? And I, and I want to propose that Washington, D.C. is a place where you can find that. And I think it fits with our theme of Circle Unbroken, where we talk about faith, where we talk about business, and when we talk about community. And when we come back, I want to explore some of those ways that I found myself uh, able to walk through those. And maybe these will be things that will help you if you're planning a trip to Washington, D.C., or if you're just listening to Three Dudes with a View, CNN, or whatever uh, news outlet. We'll be back, hopefully, with some great tips for you. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people. The place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship. Beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Terry registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. back this is circle unbroken with your host taft Ayers, and we are joined by hot mike welcome back brother <laughs> we're testing it folks oh, yeah, yeah you're gonna get me in trouble with we're that testing. you realize that 
<laughs> if anybody has no idea what we're talking about, go back to uh, what we said before the break at the beginning of the show. He's really Coach Mike, Producer Mike. Um, those are my monikers for him. He's always having a fantastic day. And I'm just, I'm just trotting out the name Hot Mike just to see what happens. I only think I'll really be able to say Hot Mike if we have like some intro music for him as well. Like, here in the front studio probably closer than another one bites the dust (laughs) (laughs) oh boy we're rolling um and i have to i have to be funny i have to have levity uh with everything that that i am talking about today i am fresh back um rolled in late last night from Washington, D.C., where I was with an eighth-grade trip, and we did all the things you could imagine doing with a group of eighth-graders. But the reason that I'm talking about it on the show today is not just a recap of Taft's field trip, but this show is built on the concept of circle unbroken, meaning faith, business, community, when all of those things are given the proper amount of attention, the proper amount of respect, uh, they can work together to make you feel like your circle of life um, is complete, is whole, like you are doing things multi-directionally um, for progress uh, that you should do. And those three things uh, are three things that were on display um, when I was in Washington. I saw them in many different ways. Um, I saw them in many different formats um, when it comes to faith and how the country was built, when it comes to business uh, and the Department of Commerce and, and just decisions that are made and how they influence um, lawmakers. I mean, there were so many things that were happening. And then community, um, people that, that live in Washington, but also have different communities throughout our country that are touched um, by these intersections. And I had a great question. And when I say great question, I don't mean like Taft asked awesome, awesome questions. Great question meaning big, large. And my big question, my great question was this. In a world full of bullets, in a world full of opinions, in a world where we feel under attack so many times with thoughts to the left and ideas from the right and who can I get along with, I wondered to myself, how am I going to make this trip and finish this trip as a, for lack of better terms, I am a conservative white male from Middle Tennessee, and here I am in Washington in a, in a climate that is different, um, in a climate that is progressive, that is, that is new, um, where things don't make a lot of sense to me. How can we find unity um, in this time? And it it manifested. It, it it took root. It grew. Whatever phrase you want to use for me on this trip, I had this. <laughs> I had this uh, exploration. I, I had this idea. This enlightenment. I guess you can say, as I was there, because here's what I started to see. I started to really kind of zoom out uh, and focus on you know forest and trees, the old analogy, and look at the way that our country was built. I started to look at what our country is is built on. I started looking at the concepts. I started looking at how important religion um, was. I I started looking at the things that George Washington um, wanted to do 
uh, in this country. And, and one of my favorite things that I learned as I was there about Washington, about Lincoln, Jefferson, about a lot of different figures in history for me um, was this idea of we, we want to have a country, we want to have a land that is, that is free, um, that they wanted to fight you know tyranny in all forms, but also wanted to know that we are under, we are solely, um, without debate, underneath or held within the mighty hand of God. And that's something for me that, that was really neat to see these lawmakers and to see these people that built the country talk about it. And I think that's the foundation. I think the first thing well, when it comes to unity is I think we have to go all the way back to maybe an all-state commercial, uh, maybe as we've said before on this podcast and this show, um, he's got the whole world in his hands. There was a feeling that came from our founding fathers. Um, there was this idea that, that was just so tangible that we're going to take care of this country. Um, we are going to leave oppression. We are going to leave iron rule uh, from from human form because we believe uh, that there is a master um, that is bigger than us. And you could see that. I could see that everywhere I looked. I saw the hand of God all over Washington when I started looking at, at history and things that, that were said and done uh, from the war memorials to the museums that I went to, also to the monuments when I would look at the things that were written in these monuments and I saw these these hundreds of people at a time taking pictures and putting it on Instagram. And they would take these pictures of these phrases that were written on these walls and these columns. And I kept thinking, do they know what it is that they're taking a picture of right now? Do they know what that says? I mean, the, some of the things that they're putting up there are quotes from, from human beings, but they're quotes that are like laced and interwoven in scripture. I mean, and it, it was strong, coach. It it it, uh, it rocked me a little yeah. that reminder. Yeah, there's there's a lot more uh, that connects us connects our government to the Bible than than doesn't. Mm. And mm. you know, yes, we we've been a country that's built a lot of our traditions and a lot of our laws, you know, on separation of church and state, and, right, and stuff. But it wasn't, you know, I don't think our founding fathers ever really intended us to separate ourselves from God as much as separate the control of the government over the religious observances. Right. And, uh, uh, but there was a lot of, uh, reference back to the guidance of God in, right. in just about everything that happened. You know, you know, what's, you know, one of the closing statements of most oaths anymore. I mean, now they may, and again, they may have gone away from this. I haven't really paid attention to oaths, but, one of the uh, you know the closing statements of many many oaths was so help me God mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. a, a, a call to God to help me live up to this oath that I'm giving you know that I'm saying and so yeah I, I think there's a, there is a lot of uh, connection there that quite frankly a lot of people would like to deny is right. there right but you can't you can't just deny it I mean it's there. You know, it's etched in stone, actually. Right. Yes. So, um, I, I, I've I've been there. You know, again, I've gone on with on family trips and, and, and stuff, and I've seen the same things that you were talking about. And uh, I agree with you. There, there's a uh, there's an overlying eye. I, I 
I can't always say I think he's improved. I don't think God's always approving of what sure. he's seeing, right. but he's still there. He's still watching over. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's an influence there. That, uh, that I like that word, um, influence, because when I, when I have a strong influence, like, like if we, we here at our radio station, if somebody played a song and they said, you know what, this is from an era when music was influenced by that no one would have any problem if we were doing a, like a Americana show or if we were talking about country music or hip hop or any, any, any genre of music where somebody mentioned an influence, no one would have a problem with somebody on the other mic saying this. Yeah, and the foundation is like those those two words would go together. Well, when we start talking about our country and we start talking about the faith fabric and the faith element and somebody would say there's no denying the influence what would happen in the current culture today and my this is not my intent to turn this into a political show. I'm just I'm stating facts at this point. There would be people that would be upset if I referred to God or religious tenets and and referred to them as the foundation, uh, you know, of our of our country now, because people would say, ah, hold on, hold on, hold on. The, the people to the left or people with another mindset would say, let's let's we need to look at that and, and see this. Well, here's the issue I have: if if everyone of all different parties or and ideologies came over to my house. They came over to my house, and I said, come on in. Um, you know what? You may have to hold your drink and your plate because the table slants a little because the floor is all wonky and it's all messed up. And you know what? Be real careful when you walk up the house. Don't bump the walls too hard. And, hey, with the door, we'll take care of opening and closing the door. Look, look, we've just got some structural problems here. Like there's some things that, that we don't know about here. And if somebody said, well, it might be your foundation. It may be something that's going on down here. And I would say, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to look at that. I just, I just want to fix the wall. I just want to fix this. You, you cannot deny the foundation, the, the influence that it has on everything that's being built. And so when we look at our country, I think the best way for me to try to find unity and to try to find a way for people to, to get together is to say this, hey, let's not lie. Let's not rewrite it. Let's not deny the way that this country was founded and what it was founded upon. And let's not, let's not deny how it worked. I mean, how, how it did lead. We don't, we don't want people to be oppressed. We, we don't want to, to legislate morality. We don't want to go in today and say, you know what, um, religion can or can't do this. We, we want everybody to have that freedom. But also we want to realize that it was done under God. It was done under God by the people that founded this country. And I, I think uh, sometimes we, we run from that. I think we run from that, and I think it's, it's a time for us to stop and to look and say this, hey, let's, let's call it what it is. Let's talk about how this was built, and let's talk about how we have benefited from it for all of these years, generationally speaking. Um, I, think that's, I think that's an important thing for us to do. Yeah, there's um, one of the things that uh, in, in teaching, and I was a high school English teacher, and we we look at the literature, you know, this, you know, American literature was was especially early part of the country was highly political. And sure, one of the things that was uh, celebrated, though, was our unity 
I'd start to say in spite of our diversity, but it's also promoted our unity because of our diversity. Right. Uh, you know, there's a there's a poem, uh, and, and if we have time in the in the third segment, I sure. I, I might read it. Yeah. You know, if you if it's all right, uh, that was written back about the eighteen late eighteen sixties, maybe eighteen seventy, okay. by Walt Whitman. That uh, he celebrates the diversity of the American society, and yet t- closes the poem off with the fact that we're all together. Right. Right. We are separate. We are different. But then in the end, we're all together. And the unifying factor, you know, for a lot of us is our faith. Not necessarily for everybody. You know, honestly, Whitman was not known to be a very religious person. Right. But he did understand there is this unifying factor that makes this country something special, especially as different as everybody mm-hmm. is. And, and um, you know, again, uh, we're, we're a little close to the, to the break time sure. here, but I, I would like to read that poem and kind of let everybody hear. And this was back in the 1800s right. that he writes this, right. recognizing even then. And he wrote on either side of the Civil War. Right. Again, yes. One of the yes. most divisive periods of our history. You know, how close did our country come? to just splitting at the seams, literally splitting at the seams. Right. And, right. you know, finally found that, you know, uh, yes, it's a rough and kind of rough and tumble unity, but it's, you know, we came, we did finally come back together and we have become the national, you know, the world power that we are because of that. And, and uh, we got to recognize that. I, I think we do. I think we've also got to recognize that as as the country that we are and, and, and what we live in and what we experience, we do have this mentality of pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You can do it. It's America. You know, but as you study and you go back to, to where we started, we we needed help. I mean, you, you need you need help to do this, and there's a humility in that. There's a humility in that with getting help from other people, and there's also humility when it comes to getting that from a higher power and saying, "I, I need this. This is a supplement that I need. It, it's foundational. Well, it makes me strong." And, and in the very fact that we are so different makes us interdependent. Sure. You know, uh, I, again, I was a, a I was a teacher and coach by profession. I wasn't a farmer. Right. Right. Um, could I go out and grow my own food? Yeah. I wasn't going to be very good at it. Right. Right. And, you know, my, my, my variety of my diet was going to be pretty limited you know, with what I could do. But there's this guy over here that does a great job of doing it. In fact, he, he by himself can feed hundreds and thousands. He couldn't te- probably struggle to teach his kids to read. Right. Yes. Well, I could, yes. I could do that. Okay. So we trade, we trade deals. Mm-hmm. You know, he pays me. He pays me to teach his kids, and I pay him to feed me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a unity of purpose. We take care of each other, even though we're completely right. different right. In, wh- in how we do it. What is it? Out of, out of many, one? <laughs> uh, could, 
could not run from that um, while I was in Washington. When we come back after the break, we're going to wrap uh, today with, with our last segment. Also, we're going to have that special reading from uh, Coach Mike. And then also, I want to talk a little bit about what we need to do to move forward with lessons that I learned in Washington, D.C. I hope they can help you today wherever you are. We're glad that you've joined us for Circle Unbroken. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hosts for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. 
Have you ever wondered if your insurance needs can be personalized? This is Hunter Carey. Our team specializes in planning your insurance needs to get you the best possible solution. State Farm is the largest home and auto insurer in the country. I love bringing that to my hometown. Born and raised in Columbia, I'm grateful for our close community ties. We offer help with home, auto, and life insurance for everyone in our community. Our office is located at 909 South Garden Street, across from the fire station. We're also online at huntercary.com. That's huntercary.com. Hey, this is Lewis Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Middle Tennessee, 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia. Welcome back to our final session today of Circle Unbroken. I am your host, Taft Ayers, joined in by Coach Mike. Welcome back, sir. Glad to be here. (laughs) Jumping on the hot mic, if you will. Uh, We are going to finish today. Um, If you're you're just now catching up with us, we have been talking about – the, the thoughts about unity, the thoughts about our country and who we are, and this all comes for me um, after a trip that I got in late last night from Washington, D.C., and it just challenged a lot of my thinking on unity, and I've got a little bit more to share with you today, um, but before we do that, as Coach and I were talking, um, he pulled up a poem that we're going to share with you, and I'd just like to ask you for a second, um, if you're driving right now, now, don't close your eyes. Uh, but if you are in a spot right now where you can do something to try to really focus uh, on the words of this poem, Coach will give you a little bit of context um, about it. But then we just we just want to have this reading um, for you because it's so appropriate um, with what we're talking about today. No further ado, Coach Mike. Yeah, this is a poem written by Walt Whitman uh, somewhere near the civil, I can't remember whether it was before or after the civil war, mm-hmm. but again, one of the more divisive times of our history. And he wrote this about the, uh, the, the whole concept is we are united by our diversity. Okay. I hear America singing the varied carols. I hear those of mechanics, each one singing his, as it should be blithe and strong, the carpenter singing as he measures his plank or beam, the Mason, singing his as he makes ready for work or leaves off work, the boatman singing what belongs to him in his boat, the deckhand singing on the steamboat deck, the shoemaker singing as he sits on his bench, the hatter singing as he stands, the woodcutter's song, the plowboy's on his way in the morning or at noon, at noon intermission or at sundown, the delicious singing of the mother or of the young wife at work or of the girl sewing or washing, each singing what belongs to him or her and to none else, the day what belongs to the day. At night, the party of young fellows, robust, friendly, singing with open mouths their strong, melodious songs. Everybody is different. Everybody has their own little niche that they live in during the day, and everybody's so independent on each other as we Mm -hmm. uh, interdependent on each other. But at night, when the day ends, they all come together, and they sing in harmony their melodious songs. You you could picture, as you were reading that, uh, I closed my eyes here in studio, you could picture the different scenes 
Um, you, you can picture the people doing that, singing different parts uh, in their life, in their rhythm, uh, but then it being, uh, as, as Coach said and as we read, uh, melodious. You know, yeah. that, and at the end of the day, mm-hmm. because we all have those different parts, right. it works. Right, yeah. Uh, which is reflective of a biblical concept in which, you know, uh, is written in the scriptures that we all have different roles. Mm-hmm. We all have different parts of our body. Sure. And, and uh, I think Whitman's saying the same thing, except instead of using fingers and toes and knees and ears right. and stuff like that, he uses the different uh, occupations of the of the area around him. Yes, yes. To illustrate the very same thing. Uh you know, the carpenter doesn't do much if he doesn't have a farmer to raise the, the wood or to raise mm. the trees. Mm. Uh, the wife doesn't have much to sow if the farmer doesn't get the cotton right. put together and, or, you know, raise the cotton. And, and neither one of them have anything if the mill worker doesn't, you know, doesn't turn it into cloth. Right, yeah. So, you know, all yeah. those, you know, we're very, very different. But the very fact that we are so different makes us so interdependent on each other. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, that's the thing I like. The end of the day, the party, they celebrate. Yes. And yes. they sing and they sing one song. Right. They all sung their own songs during right. the day. You know. But at the you know, at the end of the day, they all sing that one song together. I think to use the word interwoven, um, throughout that pun totally intended. I mean it's Oh yeah. Yeah, that is Man, that especially here. Now, here's what's funny, folks in Radio Land. Um, in our show notes, um, we did not have um, Reed Whitman poem. Okay, uh, we, we did not have that. But you know, one thing that hit me, Coach read it, and this is just a fun fact. Um, at the beginning of the show, I described the sweet tunes of Johnny Cash as delicious, and I was being kind of <laughs> silly. Then. You read that poem, and when it, when it talks about her the mother's, and, yes, the, yes, yeah, the delicious, uh, the delicious singing of the mother or of the young wife. What in the world? I mean that that struck me just the uh, the strong words there, and I'm not putting myself on Whitman level, uh, but just just neat um, to to see that that descriptor to think about somebody's work, to think about what they do, um, and to think about if. If we describe some things in life as having a bad taste in your mouth, um, we describe some things in life as being, I was sick in my stomach. Why not use, you know, the the opposite side of that to describe, you know what, this is a delicious sound. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm in a good spot. Um, last week I, I did a show where I was like next level fired up when we were talking, I was talking about being a dog and I was in a good spot, like a hyper spot today. I, I'm in a really neat spot because I'm, I'm full of belief. Um, I'm, I'm full of hope that, that we can, um, have this and I'm not, I'm not an ostrich head in the sand thinking there's not problems, but well, I'm inspired. If you look at our history, uh, our, our nation's history, we have been we have faced so many different crises. Yes, and and if you read carefully, you know how close were we to you know over and over and over again, right? Were to disaster, right? We were we were you know again you know the American Civil War. We just about tore this place tore this country apart at the seams. Mm. Uh, we've had several other uh, you know threats. You know the War of 1812, Britain decides, hey, they want us back. Right. Whether we want to go back or not, they come in and literally got into the capital. By right. by all definitions of war, they should have won that 
battle. Yeah. They they burned our capital. Right. Um, right. But uh, but we survived it, and and we've come through it, and a lot of it is because we've sooner or later, sooner or later, we kind of look at each other, and it's kind of like. I need you and you need me and both of us have to go meet this challenge. That's and and we we will we'll pull together. Sometimes it takes a it takes a black eye. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a Pearl Harbor or a sure. 9/11 sure. to get our attention to do that, but oh, eventually yeah. we see it and we come together and we have done it over and over and over again and I can't help but have that optimism. Yeah, we, are we are we facing a crisis? Probably so. Yeah, we're, you know, but we always have, we've been facing a crisis ever since we've been a nation. Of course, of course. And we have found a way. So, you know, our history is in our favor. Our structure of our society and our government mm-hmm. is in our favor. Does it have, is it perfect? Absolutely not. Is it, is there, is there corruption? Yes. Right. Right. It, you know, we're humans. And it may be time to... But the fact that we live where we live, mm-hmm. we're controlled by who we are controlled with over, you know, and again, depending on where your faith is. Right. Right. Has made us the most successful country in the world and in history. And I think we're going to keep doing that if we will keep this in the back of our heads. Sure. Sure. We are united by our diversity. Mm-hmm. And we must depend on that and rely on that. And you know, and you've got to look at things like the like the Whitman poem of maybe it's time to look at the people that are singing the different songs and and what is the common thread. Yeah, uh, you can go back and change us. that. You know, from mechanics and farmers sure. and masons and stuff to to auto mechanics to yeah. to to factory line workers to right uh, to to businessmen to you know you can. You, you can plug in any profession, yeah. right? And it there. doesn't it doesn't have to be a a left or a right yeah. thing either. You yeah. know, when I see a when I see a good commercial that talks about unity, I shouldn't roll my eyes and think, "Oh, this is just a liberal commercial." Yeah. I should think this is somebody that that gives a rip, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that that cares. Um, I what one of our tour guides told us. He said, "You know, it, it was a really sad day uh, when when they stormed the Capitol," and he said one of the reasons that it was so sad. Is he said there were open cries of civil war. There were open cries of people saying that they wanted civil war. And he said, I don't care. He said, I don't care how you vote. And he goes, My my hard response to that is no, you don't. Like that's not something you want. Right. You know, he said, because now even now, um, there would be no clarity. It wouldn't be a regional thing. You know, it would be a my head on a swivel um for that. And and so I had that. And and what I want to conclude with today is I, I had that, and then I go. Um, one of the things that just sits on my heart from the trip is my visit to the Holocaust Museum. Um, we we go there, and I, I I've seen I've seen Schindler's List. I've I've read books, uh, but to go to this museum where you literally take an elevator up to the top and walk your way all the way. Uh, down in this, you don't even realize it um, as as you go through these different things, and it's artistically done where you're in a dark space, and then you go across a bridge through the museum, and then it's it's bright and there's light and there's hope, and then you get over to America's response. As as I went through all of this, I needed to do it, and let me tell the listeners why. 
I needed to go to that. Uh, and, and I'm pretty sure I could have had an equal experience at the African-American Museum from what I've heard. Time didn't make us able to go to that. Uh, but I am, as I say on this show all the time, I like to let everybody know what, what, what my you know angle is and my point of origin. I'm a 43, at the time of recording, I'm a 43-year-old Caucasian male who lives in Middle Tennessee. Um, I know who I am. Um, I know different circumstances in my life that some would label as privileged. Um, some would label as hard work. I, I am very aware of where I fit, what I realize. Um, I do think that when it comes to race relations today, that there needs to be forgiveness on one side and understanding on the other. Like, like, I think that there there needs to be both of those. And that's not an original Taft quote. That's a Ben Dials quote. I need to give, <laughs> give credit to that. But here's, here's something else. I get tired. I get exhausted of being labeled because of who I am, because of the things I just listed, my age, my race, and where I live. I get tired of being labeled as an intrinsic racist, offender, you know, all of these things, because I, I, I do realize that there, there are things that have come generations before me. There are things that exist today, but you can't intrinsically say that I am this just because of, of the different things that make me who I am. Now, let me take that into the Holocaust Museum. There, I was, I was slapped in the face. I was angered. Um, I was frustrated. I, I also, to feed into the narrative, am a blonde-headed, blue-eyed, you know, kid who, who grew up where I wouldn't have had <laughs> any any problems. I would have passed all the tests. You know, the Hitler put out all those things, and those things were were slapping me in the face uh, as I looked at them, and I had this sense of anger that someone could be so hateful. Then I started to read the narrative and the things that were put out and how these other people were brainwashed, you know, by this and saw something as being better. Um, if there was a way here. And I thought, you know what? There needs to be grace all over the place. There, there needs to be grace for people that have done these terrible things. There needs to be grace for people who generationally have had family members who have gone through things and think you're never going to get it. Um, you, you hate me. You, you judge me. You make jokes about me. And, and I just, it, it hit me that even all the way back to George Washington and the people that started the country, um, all the way to all the different historical figures I saw, we need to realize that we got to be careful with being in the business of hero makers. These men were not perfect. They did, they did think that there was a higher power, that, that they were not perfect. But then jumping uh, in history all the way up into the reign from you know, 1933 to 45 um, with Hitler, you look at this and you say, there are, there are people here with, this is going to be the understatement of the year, misplaced passion. It's just a misplaced passion that was dangerous and it's horrible. And that's what we're seeing today. We have passions that are misplaced. Right now, you're hearing this and we are wrapping up Circle Unbroken today, but you are hearing this and you've got something that's a trigger for you. You've got something that fires you up politically and you get passionate about it and you get hot about it and you will argue about it. I need you to evaluate today. Are you hurting people with your arguments as Coach mentioned earlier, people step into the ring and they put the gloves on and they know it. But are you wasting your time uh, in the fights and the arguments that you have? 
or are you doing things to promote unity underneath a mighty hand of God? I believe that if we can look and we can push for unity, we will ensure that the circle is unbroken in our lives. I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that hers come.